0: Play it, play it, play it, play it.
1: We are gay like a fruit. We are looking like a snack. You are listening to Fruit Snacks.
0: (sighs) Hello, hello. Hey, guys. My name is Brian. And I'm Shane. And you are listening to Fruit Snacks. Snacks. This is like a little coffee chat. It is like a little coffee chat. We both have coffee. What you drinking? I have my
1: Bluestone Lane Black iced coffee, but then, I, well, it's not black iced coffee because I added oat milk to it. You sound like
0: those freaking past I know that's main, why I corrected myself because it like, annoys me so Can much. Can I get a coffee? Or they're like, Can I get a black coffee? And you hand them a cup of black, black coffee. coffee, and like, Can I get cream and sugar? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Didn't you say black coffee?
1: I know, but this coffee in particular, if you're familiar with Bluestone Lane at
0: all, is their Maverick blend. It's my favorite, mm.
1: it's notes of cocoa.
0: <laughs> um i'm drinking some bullshit dunkin donuts coffee <laughs> dunkin donuts coffee is actually pretty good but i can never get it right because you know like when you normally go to coffee shops when they tell you do you want this or that like yeah. you kind of know what it's going to taste like but i can't figure out the algorithm for mm. dunkin donuts
1: i just saw for the first time yesterday i didn't know because i've never really gotten coffee from Dunkin' uh-huh. that they do their lattes and stuff out of machines
0: like As it's a part two well it's
1: all sorry Blech. It's like a, it's one of those machines where you like press a button for a latte and it blends uh, it and it shoots it out that way. Not like an
0: espresso machine. Correct. Got it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which I had no I'm idea. Like, what, what else? They steam the no. milk over campfire.
1: <laughs> no, I just, I didn't know that I it came out it. like that right. at Dunkin'. which I guess in terms of consistency is good, but.
0: Well, that's what I mean. I don't get the algorithm right. of how it's going to taste. So when I got coffee, normally I'll like, at Starbucks, I'll just get a mm-hmm. coffee like an iced coffee and then no cream just like if they're gonna put vanilla in it I just get like two pumps just to make it a little bit sweet and have flavor yeah. I don't need the cream if it's like that Um, but then like when I did that at Dunkin Donuts I thought their flavor had like sugar in it but uh-huh. I feel like it didn't I don't know I don't know what was going on hmm. So I feel like sometimes those coffee places just do what they want. Well, and if you don't say anything, they're like, no, that's whatever. how I feel. Cause she's like sugar. And I was like, no, that's too much sugar for just flavor. Right. And then now I'm drinking it and I feel like there's no flavor yeah, or there's somebody, flavor, but no sugar. Yeah. Which I, I'm fine with, but yeah, I don't know. I'm not a fan.
1: <laughs> Anyways, this is coffee chat. Yeah. <laughs>
0: um, so I think this week I have a fruit fly for you. So okay. should we just jump right into fruit fly? Mm hmm.
2: Fruit fly, don't bother me fruit fly don't bother me fruit
0: fly don't bother me um so for this fruit fly uh oh no he's smiling (laughs) i'm gonna say if this were to happen actually on the plane (laughs)
1: hypothetically
0: speaking speaking, (laughs) this is how it would have played out okay (laughs) i'm not saying this happened on the plane (laughs) cuz you know this is against company policy so I would totally. never do this on the plane but if it were to happen on the plane I would imagine <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. this is
0: what it would turn out so I'm going to explain it in a way that it actually happened <laughs> <laughs> but again if this happened <laughs> this is how it would turn out so I was on a flight uh-huh working from um LA no JFK to LA like super super early in the morning and I was working first class and um I was flying with another flight attendant who was a male. I've flown with him a couple times before. Mm-hmm. Um, he's kind of cute to me. First and last name.
1: Uh, <laughs> nice try. <laughs> this name will probably
0: slip out later in, in this probably story. You'll, you'll hear a I'm beep gonna have, later. I'm going to have to timestamp this bitch. <laughs> so um, I'm flying with... Just kidding. <laughs> Could you imagine I do it right there? So I'm flying and uh, me and this flight attendant are sharing a jump seat. So we're like catching up a lot. And when we work early flights from um, uh, East Coast to West Coast, since you're going back in time, a lot of people take the liberty to take a nap yeah. or fall asleep because they're gaining hours. So that's pretty much what happened. I knocked out my service real fast, got breakfast in and out. And then um, for like four hours, we were just like sitting and talking and everyone literally was asleep. So we were just like catching up. And like I said, I've flown with him a couple of times. So conversation is super easy. He's super nice. One time we had another layover and we went out um, and he got... A little bit intoxicated mm-hmm. on the layover and he became like super flirty mm. yeah so um i've i've known that he was like somewhat interested if i were to welcome it right um so i welcomed it lay right? out that welcome mat girl. <laughs> i said hello welcome to, <laughs> welcome to my crib <laughs> <laughs> this is the galley this is where all we cook food <laughs> if you need the bathroom it's right here <laughs> <laughs> i was laying out the welcome mat um so like when, um we were just like in tight quarters, the galley's small. So you can like kind of get around each other without touching each other. But I was like, trying to be like stupid. yeah, so like every time Shocker. I' would, like <laughs> every time I would like squeeze by, I'd like, excuse me, but then, like, rub raise your, his butt on yeah. purpose or like rub my ass on like him, knowingly doing it on purpose, yeah. right? Like we're both in on the joke. It's not like, I was doing it like, oh, is he going to notice that my butt's on? He, like, it was obvious. Do <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? And so then um, he's like, you're so stupid. And, like, kept flirting that way. Like, mm. I knew that he was, like, thinking it was funny. Yeah. Because he would, like, grab my butt and stuff. So it was, like, getting really frisky. Um, and so then um, as we're standing there... We're, like, freezing in the morning because the plane is cold, but we don't want to turn up the he- the heat because it gets, like, stuffy and hot. So, we're, like, leaning against the ovens because that morning it was hot breakfast. So, the ovens were warm. So, the two of us are just, like, mm-hmm. leaning. And we were, like, super close. And I just look at him, like, kiss me. And he's, like, shut up. And I was, like, kiss me. He's, like, wait, for real? And I was, like, oh, my God. So, I grab his face and I pull him in and then I start making out with him in the galley. And I like push him against the oven, and we're like body to body, like going at it. I would pay for this fans only. <laughs> Mind you, if this happens, right? This is exactly how it would. Have I would pay for this fans only if this <laughs> Hypoth- were a yeah, real yeah. thing. If it was a real thing, <laughs> right. you would pay for this fans yeah. only. But since um, it's a hypothetical thing, right? I'm not There's look no it fans up. only page. <laughs> I don't even know if this existed. Like who knows? Um, but there's like curtains. To like kind of yeah, pull across you off. to to do that, so I like as we're making out, I like reach for the curtain and pull it as we're still kissing, and we're like going at it, and like it was like it felt like a long time coming kind of thing mm-hmm. where you were like the tension kept building, camp and then once it happened, you're like I want to devour you. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So our hands are going everywhere, um, and then uh, I stop. I'm like wait, and I look out of the galley and then someone's coming to use the bathroom so thank god we stopped when we oh did god. regardless he wouldn't have saw yeah if this would have happened right if it would have happened uh-huh. but yeah and then it just stopped it didn't happen again Mm-mm. Uh. i was like all right thank you i have to tend to my first class i was like you don't have anything to do in the back can you go pick up trash for me <laughs> <laughs> what a bitch yeah
1: going from sex to picking up trash <laughs> No time flat,
0: but it didn't happen, so it doesn't even matter, right? That would just suck if that happened for sure. That would suck if I was like having sex in the galley, and I was like, "You need to pick up trash."
1: (laughs) You need. It's like that. It's like that porn where it's like, um, "What does she say in front of my salad?" She's like eating.
0: (laughs) She's like eating, and those guys are having sex in the kitchen. kitchen. Yeah, and she's like, "Oh my god!" In front of my salad. (laughs) If you don't know what we're talking about,
1: you can find it anywhere. Just search in front of my salad porn, like on Google. That yeah. like blew up for a while. Yeah, because it's so stupid. It's so dumb. It's so dumb. <laughs>
0: not like, why are you fucking in the kitchen? But why are you fucking in front of my in salad? In front of my salad. <laughs> She's so mad. But yeah. So um, that was my fruit fly. All right. I like that. Um, Your hypothetical fruit hypothetical fly. Hypothetical fruit fly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: but that's not uncommon. Like... There are so many flight attendant stories that I've heard of where, like, on my company, because we fly the bigger aircrafts, where it's like two aisles, you fly a lot of internationals. And on those aircrafts, we have crew bunks underneath the main cabin. People have sex in there. Really? Yeah, like flight attendants who are, like, hypothetically interested in one another kind of position the way that you and that flight attendant maybe were. Um, Hypothetically Hypothetically. If they're both down at crew rest at the same time, like they can easily have sex. They just both have to fit into one bunk.
0: Because be you get so like hard.
1: a you get like a few hours down there, mm-hmm. like two, three hours sometimes, sometimes more.
0: Have you ever caught anyone trying to be on the be a part of the Mile High Club?
1: Um, no. Uh, we had this really weird couple trying to go into the bathroom You've together, this, but yeah. I think they were doing drugs. I don't think they were right. trying to have sex. I haven't seen anything. They were Probably just going to pray. Hmm. <laughs> probably. Um. I pray. There the was one of my friends, uh, caught two people hooking up in the main cabin under a blanket hmm. on an international flight hmm. and he called them out and then they did it two more times and finally he took the blanket off and the guy was like so mad and embarrassed and he was yelling at my friend and my friend was like, I've told you twice to cut this out and called him out and then they Was to, he like, naked? His dick was out. Yeah.
0: Was it nice? I don't know. Ugh. I but, I give you a full fantasy hypothetical. But, you need to get give this. me a full fantasy.
1: Th- those two people had just met on the plane. <gasps> Ooh, yeah, yeah, they didn't even gentle. know each other. That's I know. Hot. Um, so that's kind of mile high club it's getting raunchy. Didn't a guy get
0: fired? You have to believe oh We can't talk oh, about friend <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> so stupid. So seven thirty ish. Great. <laughs> such an idiot <laughs> see i get caught up in these motherfucking conversations bitch and then it's like
1: but yeah that was a big scandal too <laughs> like you no,
0: I... <laughs> I literally would have just let that fly i know you would have that's funny um but that was a big
1: scandal that flight attendant who was hooking up with the porn star in the lavatory. That yeah. was all over twitter though yeah what an idiot he was brand new he was brand fucking new it?
0: i don't know i guess not if you're brand new because but really he was think...
1: brand new and he was like 21 mm-hmm. like he was young so he probably didn't care as much as someone who's like, oh, my God, I've been here for, you know, whatever. Right, right. But, um,
0: yeah, it's a real thing. Sex happens on planes. Yeah. Hypothetically. On Hypothetically. Ours, though, I'm just writing, like, teen fiction novels, you know, <laughs> <laughs> my Fabios. Ew. That's all. Yeah. All right. So should we move into um, <laughs> the kind of fresh, fresh fruit? fruit? Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: Okay, so, uh, this fresh fruit was something of interest in me because of a conversation that you and I had recently mm-hmm. about someone who I actually mentioned, I think in last week's episode, Nico Tortorella. Mm-hmm. Um, he's in, t- it's so weird that I'm saying TV land, but he's in TV land show Younger with Hilary Duff and Sutton Foster. Mm-hmm. But he has a, a podcast called Love Bomb that I'm actually really into right now, um, I was turned on to it by someone and I've just been like an avid follower since finding out about it. But Mm -hmm. his whole like gimmick is that he is very sexually and um, identifies as being a very fluid person in terms of love and sex and Mm -hmm. all that. Um, And I thought it was something you'd be interested in. And so I like forwarded it to you Mm -hmm. and you were like, oh, wait, I know him. And then you were so not about it. Mm -hmm. Why were
0: you not about it? I was not about it. Granted, I feel like I should give these disclaimers right because I don't know Nico personally I don't know his journey I really haven't followed him that much but I only knew of him based off of a a little quick circle of what I understood where he came from and Through the path of like yeah, how did you know about him because you don't watch the show right No, But he's been in other stuff. So I've I've watched an interview with him on the view. Oh, okay and they talked about sexual fluid fluidity Mm. And then I've also um, followed a guy named Kyle Krieger. Yes. Um, I don't actually follow him, but he kept popping up on my Discover page. I looked into him, mm-hmm. um, and I really liked the pictures he was posting on Instagram. And yep. then through that, I saw his YouTube series, which was – um, he's a hairstylist. Mm-hmm. It's called Uncut. Yes. And he talks to different people as he's giving a haircut. And yes. some of the people he interviewed I was interested in. It's a whole LGBT plus mm-hmm. kind of, like, conversation thing, which is totally my vibe. And then one of them, he – haircuts, he cut Nico's hair, and mm-hmm. then I saw that they were dating. But then yeah. from my understanding at that point was that Nico was straight or identified as straight. And then now it comes out as pansexual and all this stuff. And this is why I give a disclaimer because I think everyone's on their own journey and maybe when I met him he was like saying he was straight and all that stuff and now he understands himself fully. Mm-hmm. Um so I get that. Yeah. But I almost feel like his journey from what i understand again i didn't really look into it too much mm-hmm. is that i felt like it was almost like a portrayal of i'm this to seem more artistic and cool and fun mm. um for whatever reason i didn't feel like it was an authentic journey as much as it was just like look at me i'm you know mm-hmm. wanting attention because i feel like that conversation happens quite often right where yeah. it's like the victim always is like, you're just looking for attention. So I understand that I'm doing that right now. But I feel like the very, very limited idea of what I've had of him, it seems like the actor and stuff like that, it's like he was trying to get attention. Because even the interviews that I've seen him in, it was very, like, outlandish. And I'm do- I'm going to do this not because it's authentically me, but because I know I'll get views. Or mm. do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, I mean, he brings up on the podcast how a lot of his career has turned
1: into his identity now right as of like recently speaking well so i started listening to his podcast from the beginning but i realized his podcast came out i think in like 2016 Uh so this is like a couple years a few years back now at this point but at the time he started this podcast called the love bomb by the way and the whole
0: premise is (laughs) wait i'm not done explaining real quick oh sorry go (laughs) ahead Okay. So,
1: um, uh, I realized I never explained what it was, but right. Yeah, but yeah. that
0: was the first part, right? Uh-huh. And then now I feel like he is this like white chariot, not, l- well, I mean, literally white person, but like, like a, a knight in shining armor to like lead this conversation of sexual fluidity because people find him attractive. <clears throat> and I feel like people bought into his. Identity historian blah 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 because he was a cute white guy Mm -hmm. and now he's like the face of being gender fluid and pansexual and blah 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 blah, When I'm like that kind of existed forever But because it's like in a digestible form Mm -hmm. of like a cute white man, and I can relate to that now It's like oh I, oh, I understand when all of it existed, but before it was like, no, that's gross. You're trying to have your cake and eat it too, right. or you're, you know, that's slutty, or you're just trying to sleep with whatever you can. But now it's like in a form that you find a sexual or attractive. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, that's okay. So right. then that just kind of like put another notch on it. But explain his podcast, because in that. Sorry, that yeah. So.
1: <laughs> crosses over. So his podcast is called Love Bomb. Uh, and the premise is every episode. Is dedicated to a person in his life who he has loved in some way or another. I haven't listened to a lot, but is it
0: love in like a like an intimate way or love just like in friend? all senses? Okay. Yeah,
1: so it could be someone who he's just loved as a friend, I like closely that premise, or who he's had sex like sexual relationships with, or who he's had romantic relationships with. Like he does interview Kyle uh-huh. on one of the episodes, mm-hmm. um, and so what I find intriguing about it is. It's less about his journey and more about all of these other people's journeys. Mm. But he also discusses their relationships, if it's romantic or sexual, why it worked and then why it didn't Didn't work. work, And and they sort of get into that intimacy of it. Um, But what I think is so intriguing is sometimes you forget in each episode when he's talking to one sex or the other that the next episode is going to be with the opposite sex or with someone who doesn't identify with either sex kind of thing and that's what keeps it intriguing to me right. is like every episode is so different uh-huh. um so that's why i like the conversation but when you had mentioned why you were not interested it raised this point for me of like conversations right now that are being whitewashed in general sure so like an example that i'd given you earlier is these presidential candidates who are now Coming out and talking on on these different speaking platforms, and someone like Bernie Sanders speaking on black incarceration mm-hmm. and the 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 high rates of black incarceration mm-hmm. in this country, and it's not that black people haven't been voicing this for years, for years since it since it started. Yeah. But now you have someone like Bernie Sanders who has a huge following talking about it, so the mainstream media is starting right. to pick it up more,
0: right? I, I feel like I should say this before we even start in this journey is that I think it is good that like Nico's bringing it up and Bernie's bringing it up because clearly they have a platform that people are listening. So why uh-huh. not speak about things for people who can't be heard? Right. Mm-hmm. I support that, but it's just really tiring when you should just listen to your, the people around you in the first place. Right. right? Like, well, be open even, to
1: it, even like on the, the superficial level, of like Kim Kardashian exonerating, um, I forget her name, but do you know what I'm talking about? Yes, when she um, went to, she literally went to the White House and got, I'm going to look up her name, but. Look up her name, yeah, but I'll explain it. Yeah, um,
0: it was this young lady who got raped and then she killed her rapist and then she got charged with crime of like murder and like went to jail for that, even though ultimately she was like trying to save her own life. Is that it, what it was? I believe so.
1: Oh, that's not at all what I
0: thought it was. Are we not I talking about the same a, person?
1: I thought it was a um, like a first-time drug offense. No. That she had been locked up for. Because that's another big thing that people are... we talking are. about
0: the same person then? Alice Marie Johnson? I don't know. That's who I'm talking about. Let me about. see a picture. Now we're sounding like ir- no, irresponsible. No, 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 no,
1: wait. Keep going with what you were saying, though. So well, I- she was... So you're saying she was thrown in prison because she had killed her rapist. Yes. But let me let ruined. me
0: premise with this to all these like disclaimers is that I was getting this information from social media. So Oh yeah, we're talking about two different people. Okay.
1: So I'm I'm talking the person I'm referencing is Kim Kardashian West exonerating Alice Marie Johnson, who had been this is uh, coming from a post in the New York Times. Alice, Major- Alice Marie Johnson had been locked up in a federal prison in Alabama since 1996, so over 20 years, on charges related to cocaine distribution and money laundering. Okay. But I think this was her first time offense on it. I see. And I think... Uh, I'll, I'll read on, but I'm pretty sure they had given her, like, life in prison mm. for this. Mm-hmm. And it's like... Why? Yeah. Yeah. Um, But my point in bringing all this up is, like, Kim Kardashian has one of the highest followings on social media out of anybody on social media. And it took someone like her to go to the white house to get this woman freed. Right. Like this could have been done so long ago if politicians had just stepped up and like taken care of, of the injustice that happens in our system. Sure. So I guess the, my point in bringing up this entire topic of conversation Uh is, is there a drawback in a conversation being what we could consider whitewashed if it's benefiting the conversation.
0: I get what you're saying. Ultimately it's doing what it needs to do, right? Uh-huh. Get into the public eye, g- get some traction, mm-hmm. um, let people be more aware of what's going on, what's behind the scene. I love all of that and I'm here for all of that, but it's just unfortunate that it's always the same person being able to start that conversation when mm-hmm. that conversation has been had but never listened to. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um it's. It, it just reminds me of like <clears throat> Hollywood when they stick like Scarlett, Scarlett Johansson, Johansson. Yeah. or a Matt Damon into a character or a storyline like The Last Samurai with Tom Cruise. Mm-hmm. It's all about Asian history and like mm-hmm. <laughs> samurai. Yeah, it's a white man being the savior totally. of a whole storyline like he's saving all of China. It's like that. No, mm-hmm. whether it's fictitious or not, like why does that have to be a storyline? So that's where I'm like. Yes, I get it. At least that story was told. But it sucks that it's, like, going into a digestible way of people mm-hmm. where it's, like, you know, it's packaged in a way that you, you can digest it when I just, feel like, make it raw. Right. If it's uncomfortable, then you need to look into yourself and be like, why does that affect me in one way or another, mm-hmm. you know? Um But I guess in that sense, it's, like, not bad that it's getting brought up. Like, thanks to Bernie Sanders or Nico to bring up this, like, idea of gender fluidity and Mm -hmm. Bernie Sanders to bring up, like, incarceration for black Americans. But um, I don't know. I feel like the difference is, is that, like, I guess it's the same thing. Yeah. What do you mean? Well, I was going to say the difference between Nico and Bernie is that Bernie is doing a political, like, Mm storyline, but then I'm like, well, Nico, like, I was like, I feel like Bernie's choosing to talk about these things, but I'm like, I guess if Nico is doing it, he's being, he's choosing, but I almost feel like, like you mentioned, Nico now, it's not about his acting, it's about the image, like he, Mm -hmm. like, I guess you mentioned, he says that he's always part of that conversation, like, anytime he's talking, like, in the press, he's always asked about that. So I'm like, he became the poster child Mm -hmm. for sexual fluidity when Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's kind of like this. Like, Caitlyn Jenner. She became the poster child for trans, like, lifestyle Mm -hmm. rights and all that stuff. But this has always been the case. And her, her transition is like best-case scenario, mm-hmm. ultimately. I'm not saying she didn't struggle, but she right. has the means to get the surgeries, you know, the, yeah. the support system. She can, like, have her house in Malibu to recover. Mm-hmm. When people who are doing this on the streets, they're getting kicked out of their homes. They're, you know what I mean? Like, right. ethnically speaking, they're looked down upon. Kind of like when I was talking about Pose, where it's just like... That was like a raw look into that whole Mm -hmm. situation, you know? And what I liked about Pose is that everyone in that is ethnic. So, it it feels real. You Mm. know what I mean? Like, that is the the real story. Not saying everyone who's transgender is ethnic. There's white transgender. Totally. Too, but I feel like... When you hear about people getting murdered and killed and beaten, it's usually an ethnic transgender. So I feel like that rawness makes the story real. When normally what you would see is a white person being the main character right. to perpetuate the story. And be like, look what we overcome. Kind of like the Stonewall riots. Uh-huh. That, that movie, right? Yeah. Where the Stonewall was all... What started Stonewall and really gay, lesbian rights... For LGBTQ plus really started with Stonewall when they fought back against um, authority, Mm -hmm. you know, like saying this is okay to be gay. It was drag queens. It was transgender. It was um, ethnic people. Right. But then when they try to highlight that story in Hollywood, when they made the the storyline, it was about a white guy who threw the first Mm -hmm. stone. Yeah. Or the brick, whatever. I don't even know if a brick was that prominent, but that's how they wanted to showcase the start of civil rights, right? It was a white guy who was an ex football player. A cute white kid. Yeah. Yeah. And like the idea is like, oh, we can buy into that. I don't want to see some like transgender woman throwing a brick. Mm -hmm. Again, that's not really what happened. But if they chose that image as like the start of a um, social revolution, they would have, they would fear. And I think that even the director was like, I don't feel like people would have connected to that. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, I get that, but also don't rewrite history to make it right. m- more sense. Right. You know what I mean? That's like putting a white character in roots and being like, yeah, white people were slaves. Like, but it's in right. context to black history. It's like, wait, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I don't yeah. know.
1: So, I don't know. I guess what, f- so I really got into my mind about this whole conversation after you and I had texted about Nico's uh-huh. podcast. Uh-huh. And, like, one thing that I was thinking, and this is, like, a a very dramatic end of this conversation, but what I was thinking is, like, what, I guess it almost produced some sort of white shame or guilt for me in the sense of, like, if our podcast was, say, two of me and Mm -hmm. you were not in Mm -hmm. it, does that devalue the podcast or the platform on which we're speaking?
0: No, I don't think so. Okay. I don't think so. I get what you're saying mm-hmm. um, because it's like another white voice expressing right. someone else's story. But yeah. I feel like – see, that's where – I i don't want to sound like one of those um, – one of those ethnic storylines where it's like why are they always so angry about everything do you know what i mean it's like
1: the angry uh the angry black
0: woman right like yeah we're damned if we don't help you but then Uh when we try to help you you're like what is this white person doing trying to like help me you know what i mean that's not what i'm trying to get at i think we're trying to go one layer deeper and be like this shouldn't even be a conversation Mm -hmm. because it should have been right the first time right do you know what i'm saying yeah Um, but again, I don't know how to create that Mm -hmm. because I feel like people who, um, it's just like, you have to examine what your own beliefs are, right? Like I can't express to you how I'm feeling about it. You have to ask me how I'm feeling about it. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, let me be more clear with that. Like, it's almost like, um... In order to understand someone's journey, you have to be put in their shoes, right? Like mm-hmm. it's one thing to hear a story, but then to experience the story, you get a full realization of like, oh my God. So I'm not saying you need to experience everyone's life to understand yeah. it, but you have to really want to really get to the roots of it to really understand it. It's kind of like how me and my brother are with our with my, with my parents, right? Like I can express to him how I feel about Our mom and dad, but he'll never understand truly what it meant because he's not receiving those emotions from uh, from them. Right. Mm -hmm. But then when we really sit down and he listen like actively listens to my story without being like, that's not true. No. And like defending, because once you start putting up that defense, you're already shut off to hearing what is exactly a thing. And I'm like, why are you invested in defending it when you weren't affected? Do you Mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? So that's where I feel like white people... And I I don't want to say white people, but people in this position, I guess, um, get so defensive as if I'm attacking you for being you, right? That's not Mm -hmm. the point of bringing up injustice. It's just to shed light on my story. You don't need to be invested in my story emotionally because really it's not affecting you. You're still okay. But what you need to understand is... But isn't it it good that people are connecting emotionally? No, but I think it's good. But as in a, a defensive way, you don't need to connect to be like defending white people right like I'm not like if I were to oh, be like oh, dude, you know I'm oh, saying I like yeah. if you were to yeah. start coming back at me I'm like dude I'm not by me saying white people bought slaves and this I'm not saying you're that person you're right. shit right but because you get to prosper from it you feel guilty because it's like mm-hmm. I'm throwing all that responsibility on you and I'm like that's not the case I'm not trying to do that but then understand be like wow that sucks I understand your story I hear it mm-hmm. I feel it because I love you I right. want to help you. You know what I yeah. mean? And I don't know that next step. I really don't. Do you know what I mean? But yeah. then that's when that person, if you feel some type of way, figure out what that next step is.
1: Yeah. Do you know what I mean? We talked about this a little bit in the Black History Month episode. I think in the second part of the Black History the Kona, Month episode. The Kona part two, yeah. Yeah, the Kona catastrophe. Uh, and I just recently heard it again in... I've been like falling in the K-holes of interviews mm-hmm. on YouTube and one of the interviews I just watched recently was Chelsea Handler prom- promoting her new book with Bill Maher, mm-hmm. and they were talking about this idea of white guilt, mm-hmm. and w- and I've I'm side so, so, note
0: she's actually I think gonna have a Netflix special about it. She is, yeah. yeah.
1: Um, and I've definitely f- I'm definitely guilty of doing this yeah. where we almost start bashing our own community to prove how aware or how woke we are of white people's privilege and identities and power and and all that um and and bill in that interview was like well i don't think that we have to look at ourselves in a negative mindset Mm -hmm. or like image Mm -hmm. in order to prove that point like Mm -hmm. why can't we just be who we are and Mm -hmm. still make the point with our brothers and sisters Mm -hmm. who don't you know who aren't the same identity um and so now it's more of me working on <laughs> typical white guy make it all about him it's more of me I like think working great on that you
0: do it should be a personal journey honestly it
1: is though well because i feel like we went from either subconsciously or consciously moving through this life benefiting on our identity into a into the mindset of like people almost going out of their way to not uh-huh benefit in their own life because of their identity like, right. like to be like I'm not going to take that opportunity uh-huh. cuz it's just me taking it from a black person or a latino right. person you know right. what, whatever it is um to now being like we can still be who we are and we can still move through life and like what Chelsea Handler's kind of argument arguing on right now is I have such a great platform and I've built this audience who who listens to me or who uh-huh. I can reach reach you know millions of people uh-huh. on and now what I, I need to do is take that privilege and speak out on the on the right. injustices that i see happening right. all around me right um, but yeah i it's just this really um, not even uncomfortable but uh, almost like unnerving conversation to have where sometimes i feel guilty other times i feel like empowered to talk uh-huh. you know on mm-hmm. certain things um but there's always this this part that now feels like in our political climate, like because of my white identity, there's still this drawback to me opening the conversation. Sure. Like you know? you're carrying it. Like it's always tainted a little bit. Sure. sure. Just because of I think
0: it's I think everyone should be open to having a conversation, whether you start it or not. That I don't think is the problem. Mm-hmm. It just sucks that like Who's the face of the conversation? Sure. It's usually never about the the actual face of the conversation Mm -hmm. Um, And that's like what's unfortunate, you know, like if if we talked about trans rights, why is Bruce or Caitlyn Jenner? The face of it when this existed for years and they've been fighting for exactly Everything that should be fought for right Mm -hmm. and it sucks because then now it starts becoming something that it's not yeah And it's like, oh, I can get behind Caitlyn as long as it looks like Mm Caitlyn, right? Like a feminine woman or whatever the case is when it's like, yeah, you know, like, okay, that's Mm -hmm. like another whole thing you have to unpack. But because I get it when you're not raised to think. Outside of these things, it's easy to just, like... When you're always told from society what you're thinking is, right? And, like, this is the world and this is reality and this is how it is. It's hard to, like, think outside of that. Mm -hmm. To be like, wait, there there could be something else. Do you know what I mean? It's like... It's almost like being, like... I know a lot of people when you first have an avocado, you're like, I don't like avocado. Or like when you say, I don't like sushi. And you're like, uh-huh. well, why? It's like, cause I don't, I, it's not part of my reality. That's not how you expressed it. But mm-hmm. you're like, I've never had it. I just don't think yeah, I would like are. fish. But until you actually open your mind to it, you're like, oh, shit, there's sushi, there's pokey, there's pokey nachos. You know what I mean? And so it's that same thing of, like, you don't know something exists in the wholehearted way until you just experience it. Mm -hmm. Whether you like it or not, at least you personally know from personal experience. So I feel like that's the same thing with that story. It's like you're defending something because you think that is changing your reality, but what is so bad with changing your reality, especially when it does not affect you? Mm -hmm. And that goes on beyond, like, Everything you can apply that in any term of the way right where it's like when we had the gay rights thing back in 2008 like Mm -hmm. Prop 8 like gay people can get married people are like why does it affect you? Yeah And really it doesn't if gay people get married or not. It's not like your taxes go higher Mm -hmm. It's not like you have to start like housing gay people giving them like pats on the back You can you can have whatever backwards view or like what? I don't want to say backwards because I'm putting a judgment on it, but you can have whatever view you want but like, why does it affect you? And the, the problem is it affects their reality based off of how they see it, but they don't realize that their reality differs from someone else. And just as hard fast that you feel about it, someone else might feel the same way, but who's to say one or the other is wrong? Mm-hmm. Neither, right? Yeah. And so then that's what sucks is that like, I just wish that, everyone would be a little bit more open mm-hmm. to understand that because it might not fit in the idea of how you see a story presented that the, the story still should exist. If that makes any sense. It does. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: Do you equate uh white led conversations with being mainstreamed?
0: Yes. And let me, let me, let me say this too we bring this up. I don't think I really need to say this, but I do need to say it because I want to, I want to show like, I'm still proud that these conversations are being brought up. But when we had this yeah. Nico talk, I was like, it's just unfortunate that it's like a good looking white guy mm-hmm. getting publicity for things that have existed for years. Do right. you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, but again, I'm not upset that the conversation happening. So let me, let sure. me reframe that. But you were saying in mainstream,
1: like, do you equate uh, what would be considered mainstream with being like a
0: white face, almost three thousand okay. percent. Think about it in any way, like cultural appropriation, mm-hmm. right? Like everything that is set in, and I truly think this is a hundred percent true. Pretty much whatever black women take like into, eventually becomes part of pop culture. Mm-hmm. Honestly, yeah, like the dance moves, right? That comes from black culture but I say specifically black women because that's what beauty standards are always going into. But like 10 years, 50 years off the mark. Do you Mm -hmm. get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like,
1: I understand what you're saying, but explain it more for people who may not. So
0: I'm just going to break it down real quick. Um, This is just off at the top of the head. So it's Mm -hmm. not like it's really going to be factual. Like I didn't do the research, but just what I'm thinking, right? Like black women have curvaceous bodies with like a nice butt and big boobs, right? Uh Typically, not saying all black women are like that, but that's typical of Mm -hmm. what the black stereotype woman is. Now you look at pop culture, everyone's getting bigger butts fuller lips bigger mm-hmm. breasts right um we want to get knocked for dark skin yet why is everyone getting a tan you want to get knocked for having kinky curly hair yet when girls go out the first thing they do is bust out their curling iron to do a soft curl this do you is get what like I'm saying? the kardashian effect the kardashian effect yes like everything
1: that the girl those girls represent physically speaking all come from what people say is black culture, it's black culture. and i'm not sorry let me rephrase that it's not that people say that's black culture just to claim, yeah. you know, yeah. ownership over that. It They are pulling from black culture, yes. but because they are, they're Armenian, but they're seen as white, right? it becomes this thing that the masses want to obtain right. as well right. because the Kardashians yes. have it.
0: And it's like unfortunate because like Coachella, for instance, you look at the performers, every single top performer is coming from black culture right Mm -hmm. whether it's rappers like childish gambino or beyonce like think about every type of like pop culture reference there's like a black person as the top figure right like beyonce Mm -hmm. even when you look at ariana grande she's white Mm -hmm. but she's pulling like well she's latina is she yeah i you might want to google that Okay. Because I I saw some some sort of conversation. I don't even think she's Latina. <laughs> but she's like, Really? No. Uh, girl, you about to be floored if this is the case. I'm not even joking. No, uh, yes, and this is exactly what I mean, where she's pulling from so many references that aren't because it is cool like baggy pants, blah blah. Yet like baggy pants in the 90s was like such a thing, but before that, black people was like, Oh, that's ghetto." Do you get know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know
1: what's so funny? I just encountered um <laughs> She's Italian. <laughs>
0: Told ya. No. Bitch, that's what I mean. You're stealing from other people's culture to, like, get prosper- prosperous. I thought this little bitch was Latina as fuck. <laughs> nah. She's Italian. That's what I mean, though. Mm. Wow. But people think she's Hispanic because of her name, Ariana Grande. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, look like that little accent I put on there? <laughs> Hang homage to the Hispanic <laughs> culture. <laughs> so dumb. But, like, that's what I mean, where it's like, Black women really set a standard as far as what is cool, what is in. Think mm-hmm. about, like, braids or... But even the gay culture pulls from from black women. And that was another thing. Yeah. Where the way a white gay man speaks of, like, Ooh, girl, honey, yes. Yeah. Bitch, watch fucking Real Housewives of Atlanta. Mm-hmm. That is NeNe They Link. had a
1: scene about this, didn't they?
0: I have no clue. I haven't
1: watched them in year actual years, the no Atlanta clue. Housewives. But I'm pretty sure there was a whole scene where they talk about... Like other cultures uh-huh. pulling from Black women, uh-huh. and it's they were like, true though. We started this, started all of it. This all started all with us, and it's been pulled into even the gay community is more mainstream than uh-huh. the the African American female,
0: right? Where it's like you want to you want to and that's what's so frustrating when you have this painted picture of like the angry black woman. Of course, this motherfucker is angry because mm-hmm. you're stealing everything that she right. brought as beauty and you're acting like she didn't create it. Right. I would be pissed, too. It's like it's like doing a group project. You do all the work, but your group gets the grade mm-hmm. and then you don't even get. Wow, you did good. You know, Shane, you did hard work. It's like someone else being like the the front man. It's like, oh, fuck no, (laughs) bitch. And even like, like for instance, I've been like uh, kind of obsessed with Blackpink, which is a Korean K-pop group. Oh, okay. But you look at it, every reference is filtered down from black culture, right? Hmm. So what they're doing is... Black culture created hip-hop, rap, blah, 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 the clothes they wear. And then that became U.S. main culture. And then Korea was like, oh, I like that image. I'm going to take that and run with it to make it a Korean thing where, mm-hmm. like, Koreans are rapping in Korean and, like, doing all this, like, um, like physical, visual representations of black culture. Yet they don't even know that it came from that. Do you know what I'm saying? They're right. just like, oh, this is what a rap artist should act like when it's like. No, that's from black culture. All those sure. all those linguistic speech, the way you're rapping, your, your rhythm, your timing, all that comes from a place that is like black culture. Yet, now that it's like on a different image, it's completely, it mm-hmm. is like no longer the reference that it is. Sure. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I don't mind that that's happening. I really don't. Like, sharing cultures, whatever. I'm not saying that like, if it's black, only black people can do it. No, but you also need to stop shitting on the people or like act like they don't right. exist. Right, right. And it's funny because like Coachella, Coachella is so expensive. Mainly white people are there Mm -hmm. (laughs) to like boost all these black artists. You know what I mean? When that's why it was so important for Beyoncé to be like, I need to go back to my roots with homecoming when it was last year's Coachella, Mm -hmm. not this year, but the year before, because she's like, I want to bring my blackness because you're making me a headline. I want you to digest exactly whatever the fuck I want Mm -hmm. you to digest from my culture. And then they there was articles where a lot of goers were like, I, I I don't get it. You know, because they're thinking Beyonce's going to be like, I'm a, a diva and all that, yeah, which she was, but ladies. in her most authentic blackness self. Yeah. And they're like, uh, I mean, yes, Beyonce, but... uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> And it's like, yeah. um, Where were we going with that? Let me get off my soapbox. No, we were like in the right direction. Oh, okay. So,
1: okay, I'll just kind of close off the conversation this way. Moving forward, uh-huh. and you kind of just touched base on this a little bit, but like moving forward... What would you personally like to see in in these conversations that may be white-led or or whitewashed, rather, um, in terms of benefiting the communities in which originated these conversations? Sure.
0: Um, I think you should bring in the conversation from the people that it, your reference got pulled from, whether that is trans, any, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, all of the above. Like... I would think, and this is how I think about it in a hypothetical sense, think that you're in like a more, uh, board meeting, right? Mm-hmm. And you're trying to create this new product. And you're talking to people who, like you're the voice of your department, right? Like the creative team. I'm the head of the creative team. Yeah. I'm not gonna, I go back to my creative team. And I'm like, hey guys, what do we think we should do to create this? And then someone's like, oh, why don't you add purple? And I'm like, John, that is a great idea. And instead of going in being like, yeah, so I think we should add purple because mm-hmm. I think that you know, and using that, I'd like still bring the conversation because I'm the the voice, right? I'm the platform for the creative team. I'm like, uh-huh. hey, this is this is what we, I think we should do. John brought up a very good point. He thinks that we should add purple. John, do you want to come in and talk about why this is a good idea? Do you know mm. what I'm saying? Yeah, like give credit where credits due. I don't know if that's the best example, but I think that I if you're gonna if you're gonna talk about it, don't put yourself as the voice of it. You know right. what I mean? Right. Um, and that's what's annoying, you know, like bring what you got your inspiration from mm-hmm. into the conversation. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where like if you're going to talk about um, braids, like hairstyles, you know, don't be like, oh, this is a cool like urban summer look. Mm-hmm. Be like, no, 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 no. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that. that's washing out where it came from. Be like, oh, right. my God. In this culture, this is what they do. I think it would look great. I don't know if that's how it should be framed, but in a way that it's like, oh, I get the reference. And then I feel like, From that, you can look like if people take interest in that, they'll be more likely to look at the reference Mm -hmm. rather than the visual imitate. Because if you're like, oh, look at this urban style, and that's the first time they got shown it, that's their reference as far as where it originated. So if it's on that person, they're like, oh, that person started that trend. No, like you need to tell, you need to say where it came from Mm -hmm. so that if you're really interested and you like it, people will more be directed to that story than it is. Yeah does that make sense like do you think that would be a great way
1: yeah i i agree i just okay so like for instance i just flew a trip to the dominican republic Uh and coming back from the dominican republic there was a little girl white girl Uh white family walking off the plane and her head was filled with green braids (laughs) and her brown hair was like woven into these green Uh braids but it only went about halfway. In terms of the length <laughs> of the braids, so,
0: like end of a <laughs> vacation <laughs> yes. For yes. Kids.
1: <laughs> but
0: for what all kids? that yeah,
1: but all that I could think is, well, first I judged her a little bit, but then I was like, <laughs> she's young, <laughs> leave her alone. But then I was like, where where is where does the her knowledge of of that of the the roots of that culture like where does that stand? Sure, What does she know about braids? Or you know what I mean? like little white girls don't walk around with the type of braids that she had. So what does she actually know about what she's coming home with? right? Does that make sense? No totally. And the women because I actually did go to the beach in the DR, all the women who were doing the braids on the beach are are of the descent uh-huh. of, you know, of not white culture right um, so did she just see it as like someone doing her hair on the beach or like did she see it as like I don't this know is about. A,
0: that little girl. <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> but, I'm but using think, just her as an example. Right, I feel like that that is appropriate in the sense of like like going to another country on a vacation and paying homage. Not paying homage, but like taking interest in like, yeah, I would love that. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But not so much as like a... I don't know what the opposite. I can't articulate right now what the opposite would be because I, I don't know. But
1: even like I have personally been really intrigued. I think it's just beautiful artwork regardless of... Um, and I'm not trying to diminish anything here, but regardless of what it stands for, for like the middle Eastern culture, like again, just as an example, I have found such beauty in hand henna. Uh I think it's stunning artwork Uh Uh on the body without having to be a permanent tattoo. Right. I have had, um, restraints in actually getting it a because of work but b because i don't want it to seem like i'm just appropriating a culture
0: right well it's this is because there are so many people
1: who are so quick to jump and be like oh typical white guy like Uh wants you know what i
0: mean Uh well that's what i think it's like where's the line for sensitivity right Mm -hmm. where it's like is it really a problem or are people just being sensitive Mm -hmm. and i think that it's both I think your motive behind it is the difference, right? Sure. Like, I'm not saying that if you want to get henna, you need a 10-page report (laughs) on henna tattoo to understand the culture. It feels like that sometimes, It does. It totally does, so I get the hesitation. But I think that as long as it's authentic to the Mm -hmm. experience, it's fine. Do you know what I mean? Like, this little girl getting braids in the Dominican Republic, I think is authentic to that. Mm -hmm. So it's, like, different. But if she was, like in a hair salon being like, I want something more urban. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, or whatever the conversation is, I don't know. There's a difference. And I feel like that, I think everyone for the most part on like can understand where that line falls. But Mm -hmm. I almost feel like people um, don't want to decide that because they're like, no, it's either all or nothing. Totally. you know what I mean? When it's like, it doesn't have to be all or nothing. It's just, you got to just be, be aware i guess yeah um but i don't want to be the voice of what that line is because i don't know you Mm. know what i mean i can't speak on everyone's behalf of what they're my line of what is appropriate is different than someone else's but you just got to know that you're you're doing what's best and if if sometimes that comes out false Mm -hmm. people who are hearing that or judging that shouldn't be so harsh because you might it's a teaching moment it was like
1: you and kona you didn't pounce on the lady who was ignorant. Exactly. You tried to have a full conversation, full conversation and educate her. Yeah,
0: and if, if she's not willing to res- respond or right. hear it, I can't take responsibility for that either. But yeah. at least we had the opportunity to talk about it. And mm-hmm. that's that's fine, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, the, I think the difference between the braids would probably be like if like a white person was capitalizing, being like, oh, a lot of white tourists love to get braided, mm-hmm. so then they're walking around the beach trying to take yeah. do braids. Do yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That, I feel like, would be the difference. hmm yeah, I get that. Um, but I think that's that's where it's a little bit inappropriate, where you're stealing someone's culture for gain, personal mm-hmm. gain. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I feel like this conversation could be extended in so many different ways of like, well, of what happens if uh, – you know, there is a sushi restaurant and all you have are Mexican guys making the uh-huh. sushi. Do you know what I mean? Where it's like, are they taking the gain from someone right. else's culture? Blah, 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 blah. And again, I'm not here to say what the line is. I think
1: like what you said, though, it comes from your intent, your intent. Like maybe those Latino guys were just really into fucking making sushi or find a way to like infuse, you know, Asian culture with Latin right. culture and create like a whole new right. line of or, sushi or, or, or they whatever they literally it is. were just
0: needing a job uh-huh. and they need it. You know what I mean? Totally. But like, Maybe the the owner was Japanese. But regardless, whatever the line is, you kind of, like, what what is appropriate? I I don't know. Oh, excuse me. I don't bring that up because I'm like, that's inappropriate. Mexicans can't work in sushi restaurants. No, that's not what I'm saying. But I've heard that argument of like, well, if we're going to extend it out, then why is that okay? And Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay. Like, let's really dial it back and really decide what's okay. But I think part of the conversation that gets so sticky is that there's that defensiveness. Yeah. Where it's like, you feel like you have to defend your culture in the sense of like, you're saying I'm wrong for being who I am and I'm going to say why it's not okay. Mm -hmm. When I don't think you really need to defend because when I say that, about a white person I'm not saying it about you Shane yet I'm saying it about you does that make sense where you almost have to do that double thing where it's like let me take my personal feelings or my personal like image out of it to understand Mm -hmm. someone else's story and then put yourself back in it to understand how do I play a role in this right yeah yeah and I, I don't I mean, it does get sticky. Racism gets really sticky Mm because there's someone to blame. But who is to blame for people who are dead? Do you know what I mean? Like, through the history, all these people are dead. But I guess the only way to really tackle that death of, like, oppression is really, like, keep looking into yourself and being, what am I doing to help the conversation? What am I doing to help the future outlook on this exact topic? Mm -hmm. What that is, I don't know. But it really has to be that personal journey. Yeah. Yeah. Was there any other questions you had? No, I think that was good. What do you it's think is digest. the, um, like, how do you feel about it and, like, Moving forward? cultural appropriation and whatever coming from your perspective?
1: It's hard because I feel it's it's not hard. It's, it's a lot because right now everybody is so divided and is so defensive uh-huh. on so many of these topics. Like, I remember just, like, a couple months ago, people were trying to get audiences to boycott Gwen Stefani for her Harajuku Oh, moment, right. Where they were like, she was appropriate.
0: And so, like, now we're jumping back. Wait, rewind, though. Wasn't she having, like, oh, I see. I guess that could be, yeah. What? Well, not going to be like, she had, like, Asian everything, like, mm-hmm. dancers everything. So, I feel like she was, like, spotlighting it in that sense. Right, but.
1: but people were like, but at the end of the day, like, she's she has a personal gain out of all for of it. For sure. Um... And so now it's like we're jumping back literally years or decades to people who have, like, you know, mainstreamed cultures for their benefit. Mm -hmm. Um, But that doesn't take away from maybe from what I understand is like Gwen Stefani's actual interest in the Harajuku culture. Right. You know, and do we just boycott everybody who's ever done something like that? As opposed to being, like, this is why that may... That's why, like, I love uh, an organization like GLAD, which mm-hmm. I had interned for, um, the Gay and Lesbian Alliance Against Defamation. They they take people into their offices when they come out with, like, a, a misworded or misguided or misrepresented statement against the LGBTQ plus com- community, and they say, this is why what you said was wrong. Here's what you can say to make it better, and here's what you should say next time. Right. Um, and it's more about the education of how to move forward as opposed to let's
0: just condemn this person and say that we need to write them off right, completely. Right. You know, um, you take it as a growing moment. Yeah. And humanizing that experience of being like, yeah, you probably didn't know. So let's mm-hmm. figure it out. Yeah, yeah. Together. Um, but it is about like doing your research
1: and, right. and coming from an educated point of view, or if it's not coming from an educated point of view, And someone is trying to educate you, not getting defensive over
0: being misrepresented in a moment, Right. you know? Um, The Gwen thing, I almost feel like it was, like, the example of what I said about the creativity boardroom, where she's the voice, yet she's bringing in the culture of, like, representing the people with the people. Right. You know what I mean? I feel like every time I've heard heard her talk about Harajuku when it started becoming big, it was always like, yeah, I went to Japan. I felt so Mm -hmm. inspired. It's not like it was like, what do you mean? Yeah, I created this. But then do you there know was, what I mean?
1: but even jump forward to like Katy Perry at I forget what award show it was, but she had an entire um opening sequence that was all in homage to Asian culture. Uh-huh. Do you remember this? Uh-uh. I think it was I wanna say geisha culture. Uh-huh. I could be misspeaking right now, but um So Japanese. Maybe. But people were like, What does that have to do with the song? Sure. And it's like Maybe she found beauty in the culture and wanted to bring that into her art, Uh uh you know. uh Um, But because both of these women are white women, it's easy to say you're coming from a a malintent place. As opposed to just being like, why did you choose Mm -hmm, to do mm -hmm. that? And giving them the opportunity to speak. Um, And see, like, even saying that makes me feel uncomfortable as a white person. Mm. Like, even saying, like, give them an opportunity
0: Right, like, as if you have the power. Yeah. Mm -hmm, It makes me feel like I'm,
1: like, speaking out of turn.
0: I don't think you personally are creating that, but clearly by you saying that so naturally, that is the current context. Mm -hmm. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm allowing you to speak. I'm allowing you to come into my culture to express yourself. Mm -hmm. I feel like that is the whole premise of, like, Clearly, with that rhetoric, you are in control. So mm-hmm. that's something I like white people lead the conversation. Yeah. You know, I'm allowing you in. And it's like...
1: Oh, no, no. I'm talking about when I say give someone like Katy Perry or Gwen Stefani the chance to to explain why they, they utilize that mm-hmm. culture. Instead of just saying, you stole our culture mm-hmm. for this one moment mm-hmm. for your gain. Give them the opportunity to say, like, well, yeah, I pulled from that culture because X, Y, Z. You know, but that makes me uncomfortable because I'm like a white person defending a white person who looks like they're taking from another culture. Right. But what I'm saying is take the whiteness out of it. Just give people the chance to speak on why they're making decisions, you know? Right. Um, Because the political climate is very heavy and dark right now.
0: And that's where I'm like, it just gets so sticky because people start doing lines of, like, well, fine, no one can have fun, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Totally, that's and, what it comes... That's and, what it feels like. And and I feel like the biggest... When you grow the most is when it gets sticky, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, this, like, unjust... Not unjust, but this natural feeling of, like, ooh... Discomfort. Yeah, just, yeah. thank you, discomfort. But then, like, find comfort. Mm-hmm. Like, figure it out. Yeah. I always feel like when I've been the most uncomfortable in situations, I've had the most growth, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um. But, again everything we say is not like the end all be all right yeah <laughs> but at least it's our perspective mm-hmm. and we are completely open to having the conversation yeah. you know because some of the stuff we said in this half hour past hour um could w- as well be wrong <laughs> you mm-hmm. know what i mean but like yeah. from our experiences as of this point that's what we understand totally you know yeah um, so you can't I can't fault you, you can't fault me, but then also it's, like, because we're willing to have it, I think that's the biggest step.
1: I just think that there always needs to be the intention of of finding common ground with somebody. Sure. The intention can't be to tear someone down because you are not understanding them or because you assume that they're coming uh-huh. from a different point uh-huh. of view in which they uh-huh. did, you know. Um, the, the goal should be where can we meet in the middle, uh-huh.
0: you know. Uh-huh. Yeah. I agree because it's, like, I don't know you but i love you because i understand that you're just like me Mm -hmm. and i'm at least willing to understand and respect you in a way that maybe at this moment we don't really respect each other Mm -hmm. but because i i can humanize you it's okay to like be uncomfortable for a little bit to find common ground yeah you know because like the first time like when people get so like defensive and crazy i almost feel sorry not in the sense of like I feel bad for you or, like, I look down upon you, but in the sense of, like, oh, I just wish they experienced life differently so that they didn't have to be so angry. Mm -hmm. And it it almost, like, makes you feel a little more compassionate about it because you're like, damn, they must have gone through some shit. Yeah. You know, rather than being like, why are they crazy? Why are they coming Mm -hmm. at me like this? It's like, take yourself out of the equation. Yeah. (laughs) Because it's not about you. Right. And then you can understand, like, damn, if I thought like that, that must be hard. No wonder they're angry. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then you're like, let's have a conversation. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: But, yeah. Um, the one I'll wrap up with this, Bernard and I were having a conversation and he was like, nobody asks what it feels like to be black in America today. Uh-huh. And he's like, obviously, I wouldn't recommend someone just walking up to another stranger on the street and being like, what do you what do you feel like being a black person yeah. in America? Like that has come from a place of like trust and understanding yeah. between two people. But Genuinely asking, like, how does it feel for you on a daily basis to be yeah. black in America or yeah. lat- Latino in America, you know, or, or Asian, Asian or... in America? Yeah. Um, in this, in this time when it feels like as much progress as we have made or are making, there's still this overall whiteness to everything. Right. Um, and I- and and that question was hard for me because I was like, wow, I've never asked him sure. that. I haven't ever right. asked. Right even him that and i'm he's the first person i would go to right you know um but just to be aware of the fact that people are moving through their daily lives in such a different mindset uh mindset than you are right yeah
0: yeah pretty much that's all i got yeah well should we um transition into end season Mm mm-hmm so in season do you want to go first
1: yeah i'll go first because mine is is sort of bleeding in from the the fresh fruit of today mm-hmm. so right now uh, the political conversation is a i was gonna say a little bit overwhelming it's a lot bit overwhelming yeah. because we have three thousand candidate candidates in the at least the democratic party that i know of um who have entered the race for the presidential run which we'll be voting on next year already yeah, it's yeah. so crazy um but what I've been trying to do recently is slowly take in knowledge on these candidates because I feel like I just always sort of wait for the primaries to be over so that I know, like, who, who, who it's been narrowed down yeah. to, you know, and then it's, like, easier. But I feel like then I always feel rushed last minute because I don't really know the extent to which people stand behind different policies. Uh-huh. Um, like, the conversation I brought up with you last night a little bit was um, this conversation right now around incarcerated americans having the right to vote and people are so polarized on this which i ignorantly didn't even realize was that big of an issue because i didn't know um they were saying on the view there's actually over like 10 or 12 states now that have made it legal for uh prisoners to vote um in in elections and uh, Meghan McCain was up in arms Because she was saying like are you saying That the person who you know killed X amount of people at the Boston Marathon should have A right to vote in the prison system And they were like no but um, You know they were just going back and forth on On why one prisoner Should have the right over another prisoner like where do you draw that Line but like while well, I finish um, And what I, what was Bothering me about an issue like that Is In my mind, I was like, but at the end of the day, those people were put in prison based on an idea that just another human being had in terms of how long it would take for them to be, quote unquote, corrected. Right. Right. So, like, say one person had life in prison and one person had 10 years in prison. And their, their crimes may have been very different. But what makes even those sentences justified? Right. All it is is somebody doing their best to say, like, oh, yeah, after 10 years, this person should be good to right. come back into society. Right. Like, why are we pulling votes from those people when it may take longer or a lot shorter for them to be ready to cut? Because right. once they're out of prison, they can vote again. Right. If they're American citizens. Right. Um, so uh, I guess like going back to to my in season it's it's educating yourself slowly on these conversations now so that in a year you're not overwhelmed by the amount of information because we're in such a tumultuous time right
0: right now politically speaking so in season for you is just being more politically aware and educated yeah mm. yeah i think that should be a lifetime season <laughs> for sure <laughs> um I mean, just to comment on that, I don't see the issue with people voting in prison. Maybe I haven't educated myself enough.
1: So, like, Meghan McCain's argument was you're allowing a te- uh, an American terrorist to vote in, but in the election. But why is that a problem? Because she's saying, like, they shouldn't have the right to vote after they've literally... They shouldn't have the right to vote in our country or, or our political system when they have
0: literally killed their own citizens. I get that, but, like, what... <laughs> I see what she's going at. Mm-hmm. Like murder is obviously a big thing, right? right? Taking someone else's life, but that's one, not not one sec, but one one portion of people in prison. Like drug charges, whatever, blah 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 blah. It's not like th- the idea of prison is like yes, you're corrupt, but sometimes people are in prison mm-hmm. considering circumstances. And yeah. I even mean that like prior to being in prison, mm-hmm. right? like how they were raised or whatever but regardless like why what what is that vote really going to affect again i don't know because i haven't looked into it so that i should probably do that for my in season (laughs) (laughs) but um especially on this this particular you know topic but as of right now just a quick judgment i don't see a problem with people in prison voting Mm -hmm.
1: i don't either why not i don't either um, but, like, Pete Buttigieg, uh-huh. who is the the gay presidential... Oh, my God.
0: Sorry for that. I never fucking turn off the
1: volume on my computer. <laughs> um, Pete Buttigieg, who is the gay presidential candidate, who is gaining a lot of, uh, you oh, know, attention right yeah. now, um, just came out in opposition to prisoners having the right, right. to vote.
0: I'm curious. I'm going to look into that, because that actually because i am so quick to be like i don't get it Mm -hmm. makes me want to be like okay let me understand they're just
1: saying that like basically prisoners are in a limbo of being americans which is not that's so silly i know i agree i agree with you but because
0: i feel like if you're really going to break it down there's americans out there who are committing crimes that they're Mm -hmm. getting away with and because they didn't get caught that's the only difference for them voting right. and not voting. Right. Do you know what I mean? So I'm like, just because you're in prison doesn't mean you're incompetent, bad person. Mm-hmm. And I, I, think really you need to be a little bit more just to these these individuals. Yes, I'm not saying they're, I'm not saying they're great people, but I'm not saying they're bad people either. Because we've all been in a position where we probably didn't, we did something we probably shouldn't have done, but because we didn't get caught, we're not in prison. Mm-hmm. Granted, I'm not saying I killed someone I didn't get caught. So yeah. <laughs> but I mean, like, right. do you know what I'm saying? That whole idea of like, not everyone's perfect. Yeah clearly there's their standard of not perfect went beyond to, to get them in prison yeah. in most cases but well
1: and what like kind of blew my mind in that moment in that argument was uh, shit i really hope that i'm not misspeaking but i'm almost positive she's she was like he she because she was so heated uh-huh. and she's like he should have the death penalty and i was like doesn't that kind of make you a terrorist to say that somebody deserves to die for them <laughs> killing other people that it's literally Girl. just perpetuating the same circle <laughs>
0: That's- close my mind i don't even i don't you're have just a, doing it
1: quote unquote <laughs> legally so it doesn't make you a terrorist i know
0: but like that alone is why people need to look inside themselves and really yeah. look at it because yes that is so obvious to us mm-hmm. to be like you need the death penalty yeah so what you're saying is i should kill you <laughs> right <laughs> but then you wouldn't be in prison because it's legally killing it's someone legally killing somebody <laughs> for the crimes that they committed but then that in terms means of killing that other everything that you're saying was man-made do you yep, know what i mean everything like through votes, that's man-made. Uh-huh. So yeah, you should have a vote to say if it's legal to kill me or not. Right. I know. <laughs> or like know. really like if someone was in prison, say like if you get caught with marijuana at a certain amount, you get five years of prison. If you don't agree with that, you should be able to vote to be like, Yeah, I shouldn't be in here. <laughs> Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. But because someone who is smoking marijuana with more than that didn't get caught yet, they can vote on it to try to change mm-hmm. that law it's the same thing. You're just one's caught. One's not totally. Okay. Let me look into that. Cause I'm now <laughs> real interested. Yeah. Um, okay. So see, you're slowly <laughs> educating yourself on no, this. No, I'm educated, but I just don't think that that was on my radar as something important, but because me I, neither. but I'm not in prison, but I'm now being like, wait, that's actually really interesting. Uh-huh. And I'm going to educate on something. I clearly don't know. Cause no, I know that's, that's what, that was my totally point in this in season. season. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Love it. Mine is a little less heavy, but, um, I've, I've mentioned this album, I think, previously, but um, this this in season for me because it feels like it's really summery to me. It's almost like a fall summer album, but mm. I'm really loving it. Um, Nao is the artist, N-A-O. Jorgen actually got me onto her, but um, her um, album Saturn, so fucking lit. She named all it right. Saturn. Like all of her um, her vibe right now for this album is super um, celestial. Is that the word? Yep. Like. Um, you know, in Yeah. I feel like I've mentioned this because I feel like I've had this conversation. You talked here.
1: about an artist, I can't remember who it I was. I think it was her. It might have
0: been. I hope this I'm not repeating it in season, but clearly it's still in-season is like yeah. the things we take interest in this week. This week I'm back on this grind. <laughs> um but she talks about Saturn and how it takes twenty-eight years-ish, twenty-eight to thirty years for Saturn to return back to where it was. Mm-hmm. So when when you're 28, 30, it's saturn's home right right and realistically every 28 to 30 years they say that you get a big life change yes. because it's like a full circle moment for saturn Ooh, girl and so <laughs> we have gone through has, that saturn she has like orbit. um songs called like orbit uh. and like where she's like you send me into orbit and i'm like yes like in my car <laughs> throw my hands up screaming <laughs> yeah so this album really is like absolutely giving me life and you guys should listen i think you really would like it a lot it's mm. kind of like a sound that is familiar yet it's not really out there yeah. so i for me at least my it's not it hasn't been out there for me you know so okay. it's like a sound that i'm like oh yes cool but that's it all right great um thank you guys for listening as always you can reach us at fruit snacks pod on instagram and or then you can email us at fruit snacks at gmail.com And then, um, like we mentioned in previous episodes, we are going to start posting or we have been posting um, questions on our Instagram story and stuff like that. So it's important to follow us so that you can kind of keep in conversation with us um, because we would love for you guys to write into us and then we'll like add you to the episodes. But as of now, thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you. Rate, subscribe, share, like, review, all of the above. And we will catch you guys next week on Fruit Snacks. Bye. All right, guys, let's get right into fruit facts. Let's just go through and fact check all of the information we mistakenly said throughout the episode. So when Shane was bringing up Kim Kardashian and helping the person and going to the White House, who I thought he was mentioning was Centoya Brown. And um, it's a similar story, but her story is that she was solicited for sex by a gentleman by the name of Johnny Allen, who's a 43-year-old man. Um, In essence, she shot the man in the back And she claimed it was self-defense, but the prosecutor said that her real motive was robbery. So within that, she got 51 years in prison for that. And at the time, she was only 16 years old. And uh, this case, Brown's case, attracted a lot of attention from celebrities, including Rihanna, Kim Kardashian West, and LeBron James. um, Because they said that it was a little bit unfair because... um, the attorneys for Brown kind of like left out a lot of the facts of her upbringing and childhood, which kind of put her in this position. So that's why I got a little bit confused because I thought we were talking about the same person. But Centoya Brown is her name. And if you just Google it, I read this off of refinery29.com, which is a publication, but you can just Google it and find it throughout um, the Internet and Google like that. So then the next thing I said um, about The Last Samurai with Tom Cruise when we were talking about um, Scarlett Johansson, Tom Cruise, and Matt Damon in positions of like that white chariot where the white man or woman comes in and saves the day. Um, and the movie is called Last Samurai um, with Tom Cruise. And I said, I think I think I said it was about China when obviously if it's a samurai, that is clearly Japanese. So I just misspoke. I knew it when I said it. Sorry for being racially insensitive. But It is Japanese so I just needed to correct myself there so then we brought up Stonewall and how um, when the movie was made um, in tribute for that that they kind of rewrote history and said that people who were involved were not really the people that who not really the people who were actually involved and they kind of like rewrote the the people who kind of like set this um, story in motion so I'm gonna give a little backstory To the Stonewall riots, Um, this is from History Channel, and it said, In the early hours of June 28, 1969, New York City police raided the Stonewall Inn, a gay club located in Greenwich Village in New York City. The raid sparked a riot among bar patrons and neighborhood residents as police roughly hauled employees and patrons out of the bar, leading to six days of protests and violent clashes with law enforcement outside the bar on Christopher Street. In neighboring streets and in neighborhood, uh, nearby Christopher Park, the Stonewall riots served as a catalyst for the gay rights movements in the United States and around the world. So at the time, I guess the law was written that if a man looked like he was wearing three or more articles of clothing, clothing that did not match his gender. So for instance, if he had like his nails painted, had like short, short, shorts, or maybe like a flouncy blouse on that he could be arrested for showing homosexuality. So, though the Stonewall Uprising didn't start the gay rights movement, it was galvanizing force for LGBT political activism, leading to numerous gay rights organiza- organizations, including Gay Liberation Front, Human Rights Campaign, which is GLAD, and then PFLAG, or, sorry, Human Rights Campaign and GLAD, as well as PFLAG. And I want to bring this up because this is where I was saying that the the movie that was made for Stonewall kind of rewrote history is because the person who actually was the revolutionary person to kind of say, we're not standing for this, is a person by the name of Marsha Pay It No Mind Johnson, who was a transgender woman. um, And many eyewitnesses have identified her as one of the main um, instigators of the uprising. So it did actually come from a um, ethnic transgender woman. So, yeah. And then um, later in the episode, we mentioned um, gay culture comes from black women. And if you want to kind of get a little insight into this um, opinion, you can read a Time magazine article written by um, Sierra Manny. And the t- the article is, t- uh, is titled, Dear White Gays, Stop Stealing Black Female Culture. And um, Sierra was a college student going to a college in Mississippi at the time when she wrote this opinion piece. And it kind of like made a big outburst of um, backlash just because her opinion was so strong throughout this piece. But I'm just going to kind of highlight some points in it to kind of show you what we were talking about within when we brought up this point earlier in the conversation. So it goes black people can't have anything any of these things include but are not limited to a general sense of physical safety comfort with law enforcement adequate funding and appreciation for black spaces like schools and neighborhoods appropriate venues for our voices to be heard about criticism of issues without our race going on trial because of it and solid voting rights and then when you thought it was um Sorry, excuse me. And then when you thought this pillaging couldn't get any worse, extracurricular black activities got snatched too. Our music, our dances, our slang, our clothing, our hairstyles, all of these things are rounded up, whitewashed, and repackaged for your consumption. But here's the shade. The non-black people who get to enjoy all of the fun things about blackness will never have to experience the ugliness of the black experience. Systematic racism and the dangers of simply living while black. Though I suppose there's some thrill in this rolling with the homies philosophy, some adopt why white people are not racially oppressed or while white people are not racially oppressed in the United States of America. And what ultimately she is saying is that it's okay to for society to take part in black culture and like kind of steal from it, but then not be about black culture when it comes to to times where we need allies and people to help us out when things are being unjust. Um, And then on NPR, um, they have a segment called Tell Me More, hosted by Michael Martin, and they do a really good job at kind of dissecting this um, article and kind of how... Parts of it are really strong and like make good points, and then other parts are kind of like, okay, now that's going too far. And they kind of just talk about how this is kind of problematic, yet a little bit helpful. Not a little bit helpful, but how it's problematic and also helpful to bring up these situations and start bringing these t- type of topics to the front table when you're talking about race and class and all of that. So it's it's worth a read and also worth a listen. Then we go into um, being on the same thread of black women and kind of creating or being stolen uh, for mainstream culture, like their 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 um, style and the way they act and stuff like that. Um, just a little quick synopsis of this so that you can kind of educate yourself into what we were talking about or referring to as well. There was an article in Essence magazine, um, which again was an opinion piece written by Alex Webb, and she explains in this um, article five different times that in 2016 that cultural appropriation was kind of taken in pop culture um where black um, blackness was praised in other contexts but not in this um um, for example kylie jenner was caught not caught but she was proudly wearing a do-rag To New York Fashion Week um, sitting front row and everyone was like oh that is so edgy and so new and next and crazy yet do rags for decades have been seen or shunned um, and kind of being seen as like ghetto and like gangster kind of stuff where if a black person was to wear it it's like ghetto but because Kylie Jenner is so posh and praise it's like, wow, she's doing something crazy. But I would suggest going and uh, looking at this article because there are quite a few quick little examples of overarching messages of how cultural appropriation is stealing from other cultures, yet not being about those cultures, if that makes any sense. And then lastly, um, Shane mentioned henna tattoos and how he takes interest into that, but then kind of feels weird because is that cultural appropriation if he were to get a henna tattoo? But he mentioned that it was from the Middle East. Um, I just wanted to give a g- brief definition of the or- the origins of henna tattoos so we're not speaking out of turn. But the art of henna has been practiced for over 5,000 years in Pakistan, India, Africa, and the Middle East. I think he just mentioned that it is Middle Eastern, but it does go broader than that because I know in India they do a lot of henna for wedding ceremonies and things like that. But I think those were all the things that we needed to clarify and fact check for this episode. As always, thank you guys so much for listening to Fruits Next Podcast, and we will catch you next week.